Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Rambles Guide 2. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Vidushan Hattaraja. The most successful club in the old football league has finally conquered the Premier League. It took until the 28th Premier League season for Liverpool to win it. But were it not for one of the costliest mishaps in top flight history, it could have happened in 2014. It's a lovely ball for Raheem Sterling. Can he finish it? He can. That's brilliant. What a start for Liverpool. With a business end of the season well underway, the Reds secured a seismic victory over title rivals Manchester City. Liverpool lead again! Another swing to the pendulum, back Liverpool's way! With Steven Gerrard telling his buoyant teammates, this does not fucking slip now. But it would slip, and how? The top line is that a Liverpool win today means that Chelsea cannot catch them. The visit of Jose Mourinho's Chelsea was one of the trickiest fixtures possible in this scenario. So much so that it became an almost literal banana skin as Gerard, Liverpool's captain, their talisman, one of the greatest ever, lost his footing and let Dembaba in on goal to land a killer blow to their title hopes. Is it fair to call it a mistake? How differently might we think of Brendan Rodgers had his Liverpool team gone on to win this game? Where does it rank among the Premier League's most dramatic moments? 
Stick around and you'll find out, because this is the Football Rambles Guide to Steven Gerrard's Slip. Oh, blimey, gentlemen. What a dramatic episode of the guide we've got for everybody today. This slip and this 90 minutes is what many argue cost Liverpool the title that season. Crazy. Mm. A, a, a simple misfooting accident. And Jim, basically, it all ended there. It's easy to forget how nailed on it seemed for them, didn't it? Because it, mm. at the beginning of the season, you know, you... you you, you were thinking Liverpool were going to stay in the sort of doldrums they've been in, not winning the title for however many years it was there, never winning the Premier League. But then they they went on this incredible run where they won 11 games. That's right. And everyone was like, they're going to do it. Liverpool are going to yeah. win, the, win the league. Well, and they were, was, the, the football was brilliant, wasn't it? It, it, was, it yeah. wasn't mm. dissimilar from Klopp's heavy metal football. It was a similarly attacking, mm-hmm. forward-thinking, absolute just blitz of, of attack over and over again. The way they just ripped teams early on at Anfield. Yeah. They were really good at that, weren't they? Yeah. Scoring early became their thing. And then like teams just couldn't get back into the game. Yeah. I mean, this was on the 25th of April 2014 to kind of set the scene. So you can see how far into the season it is. Liverpool, of course, with Brendan Rodgers uh, in charge, had just three games left to secure that first ever Premier League title and their first league title in 24 years. And at the time of this game, they led Manchester City by three points. And as you said, they'd won their last 11 games on the spin. You know, they were just in scintillating form. And of course, that included the win against Manchester City two weeks before, which is a proper ding-dong battle. I think it was 3-2 to Liverpool. It finished and Anfield was just pumping after that. And they thought, right, we're on the home straight now. Um, It's ours to lose. Uh, They had played a game more than Manchester City, but this was their chance to go six points clear, uh, of course. And, you know, bearing in mind Luis Suarez missed the first six games of the season, serving his band for biting Branislav Ivanovic, um, what a season he had. He would go on to be the league's top scorer with 31 goals. It's an incredible tally. They had goals everywhere in that team, Vish. But Suarez that season, that is, you know, he moves to Barcelona after Liverpool yeah. to team up with Messi and, and Neymar. You know, that's how good it was. Yeah, he was unplayable, really. Mm. Um, and I think even in that time, you know, that that was still at a stage where you felt like, you know, as soon as someone did well in the Premier League... Barcelona, Real Madrid, yeah. Bayern Munich will come around and pluck them from you and then you'd be able to have the conversation conversation about whether they were world-class or not. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it was clear, you know, you watch Suarez every week and you're like, okay, this is the world-class forward who mm. seemed to combine all the, you know, uh, I suppose the all the drive of a Carlos Tevez and the quality of some of the best players in the world. Yeah. It, it I mean, was still, remarkable to see uh, that wedding of those two facets. And obviously, like the, the market value inflates, so it doesn't sound as much now. But people were saying he would, was worth like forty million and one pounds. A lot of money. <laughs> it, it is. It is funny, isn't it, with with Luis Suarez? Because you, you think of the context of him actually arriving at Liverpool on the same day as the the Torres Carroll thing. It was almost as an afterthought. And he turns out to be by far the most important player yeah. uh, of, of that trio. And when you were talking, Jim, about Liverpool getting after sides early, yeah. I mean, we, I think, you know, last impressions last in football. And sometimes we look at Luis Suarez and think, OK, well, he can still score goals, but he's a bit slow these days. And all he's got is finishing and nasty. Whereas the amount of running that he yeah, got yeah. through in his peak, so he cool. set the tone for everything Liverpool did. And really, the way that Liverpool play under Rodgers and the way that Suarez enables Liverpool to play under Rodgers 
that sort of almost feeds into it is like a a pre-clop if you like mm. before they get to the point of having that fant- fantastic front three and just being able to swarm all over teams well it elevates Rogers, Daniel Sturridge's status as well I was just incredible gonna, I, I was just yes. going to say he, but not status his, his performance th- that was the realisation of what people were saying about Sturridge since the age of yeah. 14, 15 you remember mm. he played these England age group games he'd play for you know City age group teams he'd the talk of scoring, you know, that I think he scored a hat trick in the youth FA, FA Cup mm. youth final with, mm-hmm. you know, with bangers off both feet. And there was so much chat about storage. Yeah. And then this was the season you're like, right, they they weren't lying. No. Mm. And, uh, you know, storage himself scores 24 goals in all competitions. Stephen Gerrard scores 14 in all. Raheem Sterling uh, scores, of course, then. I mean, Martin Skirtle, who would often headbutt the ball in, in the back of the net when he would meet it for corners. He scored seven. Um, you know, So they had goals sort so of that, everywhere. That feels like a title-winning team, doesn't it? Yeah. When your centre-half is scoring seven goals. Well, Absolutely those, those, right. Those three players you mentioned there before, uh, Suarez, Sturridge, Gerrard, they were all in the starting 11 for the PFA team, team of the year. Yeah, there you go. Mm. And, and and you had some big performances in there from like you know, Philippe Coutinho. I mean, you mentioned going to Barcelona. You know, he would, have, of course end up there and you look around that side that you know, they, had, they had quality Jordan Henderson really kind of came of age around this time you would say he was seen as kind of you know a, a, a good player not a bad player but you know a bit sort of industrious not too much and people might say well that's how he's seen now that's just not true he's seen as much more important and he's been such a crucial figure for Liverpool for my money this is really when he came um, to being the, the, the Jordan Henderson that we have known and, and loved uh, for the last sort of handful of seasons so a very, very good Liverpool side. And as you mentioned earlier, chaps, would play very aggressively, very attacking football and blow teams away. You know, I, I think of when they beat Everton, was it 4-0 at Anfield? They beat Arsenal 4-0. I think it might have been 4-0 at half-time. You know, it, it was just scintillating stuff. Mm. Klopp-esque, mm. you might mm. say. And this is what they were doing in that game against Manchester City uh, that we'd mentioned. They'd gone 2-0 up, City pegged them back. But they were all about getting in front early, taking the lead early, mm. going out there and basically saying, we are better than you and you're not going to enjoy this afternoon. And it's fair to say it didn't work out that well in this game against Chelsea. Gerard himself said that this game was meant to be the title clincher. Chelsea themselves were only five points behind Liverpool, so they were still in the tight race, but it seemed quite unlikely at this point. They needed snookers, yeah. They did need snookers, yeah. Because Mourinho was back in, in uh, Chelsea's first season uh, since returning to the club and he kept going on about how they were a little horse in, yeah. in the title race. He was race. playing them down all season, wasn't he? Yes, he, he was. It's yeah. almost as if he'd just left Real Madrid. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was leaning into that um, end of period at a club aesthetic where he just wears tracksuits. Yes, and yeah. doesn't shave. Yeah, mm. and he like, looked slightly dishevelled. You know, when you watch back this touchline, you know, this, this game, when him on the touchline, he looks so dishevelled. Well, he said he'd been ill, I think, before that, but who knows the Marine well, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I don't doubt the man a journalist asked him in the post-match interview if he was uh, in the press conference if he was really ill and he said like I can come and breathe on you if you want oh dear because of course he did <laughs> oh dear uh, well yeah so Mourinho um, it's fair to say has history with Liverpool uh, League Cup final when he was shushing the Liverpool fan all that kind of stuff yeah. well they presented Luis <clears throat> Garcia before the game and obviously he was mm. he was really symbolic of the, the modern kind of enmity between Liverpool and Chelsea because he's scored mm. the ghost goal that, yes. um, I thought you were going to say he's really Liverpool symbolic of the fact that Jose Mourinho never gets over things <laughs> yeah, and that and yeah. that yeah. yeah so but that riled them up right or, I mean yeah. 
that certainly would have been one of the contributing factors to how riled oh. Chelsea were. I well, think the Rodgers thing is interesting as, as well, isn't it? Former the, assistant of yeah, Mourinho them, them having worked together before. Uh, um, and you, you look at the relationships he has with his mm-hmm. former assistants, especially in the years like relatively soon after they've left. And um, it, it's not easy. Uh, yeah. you, you look at the tricky relationship him and uh, Mourinho and Village Boas had, for mm. example, after Village Boas went and um, started being a head coach all by himself. He he doesn't like it when, <clears> he's, <throat> when his little ones go off and make their way in the world. No, and, and Liverpool apparently rejected Mourinho back in 2004, which was when Mourinho, <clears throat> excuse me, was obviously becoming one of the best managers in the world at that time. And he feels that rejection. Not nearly as much as, say, Barcelona. That's to the nth degree. But but Liverpool would be the club in England who he always wants to get one over. He always, um, you know, has his vendetta. He's the last person you want to face in this situation. Yes. Because yeah. obviously it's, it's a hugely emotional thing for Liverpool. They're starting to think this is realistic. We might finally actually do this. Steven Gerrard's going to get his Premier League title, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's about them. It's about Gerrard. It's about Suarez. Mm-hmm. It's about anyone but Mourinho. Yep. And he's not going to have that. No, absolutely not. And uh, before the game, Mourinho was moaning about the fixture list with Chelsea playing the second leg of their Champions League semi-final <clears throat> three days later. And he called for investigative journalism, <laughs> which uh, is uh, uh, quite fanciful. Um, he let everybody know that he was going to play a weakened team in this game. But according uh, to uh, On the Continent's very own Miguel Delaney, Mourinho gave an impassioned speech before the game in the hotel saying, the circus is here. Liverpool are to be champions. He paused and then said, but we are not going to be the clowns. (laughs) Chelsea were without John Terry, Eden Hazard and Peter Cech for this game. So again, Liverpool look at that on paper and you think, bloody hell, what a chance this Mm. is. 41-year-old Mark Schwarzer was in goal. Now, Schwarzer was a fine keeper in his day, but... You know, he never played for a, you know, he never started a lot for a top flight side in his career in England and was 41. Uh, A 21-year-old Mohamed Salah started for Chelsea. I mean, that's remarkable, isn't it? Indeed, yeah. Um, A 20-year-old centre-back, Thomas Kalash, was at the heart of defence. Uh, who had recently joked that his role at Chelsea was to be uh, a training ground coach, <laughs> uh, which is um, quite incredible. And do you know who else was on the um, on the Chelsea bench? Go on, Nathan Aki. Oh, nah, wow. that's a good yeah. One. He doesn't seem old enough to no. be. Exactly, yeah. Just all these links to the past. Blimey, how about that? With regards to Liverpool's momentum, you know that season. Liverpool had become famous for for scoring goals very early in games. They'd scored 24 goals in the opening 20 minutes of league games, which is remarkable. And Mourinho, as you said, Jim, he wants to make himself at the centre of this. He wants to be the, the ultimate disruptor in football. And from the opening kick of the game, Chelsea were time-wasting. But openly so as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was like it was so clear. And Mourinho has no shame in this because because it's so blatant, he knows that the fans are going to get pissed off and they're going to get on the, the backs of Chelsea. Play them like a fiddle. Complete pantomime but, villain stuff. But why Why wouldn't you? We were talking about Liverpool going for teams early on. Why wouldn't yeah. you try and disrupt their yeah. momentum? Well, and, and exactly. I mean, there's a, there's a moment when the ball comes to Mourinho on the touchline and Gerard and John Flanagan are trying to wrestle it off him. <laughs> Six and Mourinho, minutes in, that was. Six minutes into the game and, and Mourinho spins the ball behind him and tosses it out of their reach. Six minutes into the game. But what it did, and again, one you know, hindsight is, is a very easy thing. You realise 
how wired Liverpool were and actually how foolish it was. Again, in hindsight, they want it. Come on, give me the ball, give me the ball. Yeah. We want the goals, we want the goals. And it's like, oh, I see. Well, that that actually is not that difficult to try and combat. Yeah, so because we don't want to give you the goals. <laughs> We're part of this too. Yeah. And that's the genius of Mourinho, yeah, isn't right. it? This clowns thing really riled Chelsea. Yeah. You read, if you read the reports of this game from the Chelsea players' perspectives, they were really pissed off at, at, at how Mourinho, Mourinho made them think that Liverpool were basically celebrating yeah. a title already. They weren't yeah. necessarily actually doing that. Mm. It's a bit mm. like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. Like Mourinho's convinced himself mm-hmm very cleverly and therefore his players that there's been some slight against them that isn't really there and yeah, it like just you, fired you them up you create a mental enemy mm. yeah but he said that the, the, I forget who it was which player it was that was talking about this actually it was a Chelsea player said that the strange thing about it was the game they were really riled up for the game and you go out there full yeah. of energy yeah. and slow everything right down yes mm. yeah I remember watching it that game in the pub mm. and being like this is He's ruining this as, yep. as a spectacle. Yeah, but that's exactly what he wants. But but, but also like the spectacle of ruining it is it's is it in itself a spectacle. Because yeah. just to go just quickly jump back from before the game, I remember so vividly after that win against Manchester City, the number of times they play that Gerard getting everyone in a huddle yep. saying this yes. does not slip now mm. was huge. Incredible. And and it felt like it felt like a we uh, we were witnessing mm. a cultural moment of some sort because yep. Liverpool haven't won the league in so long. Mm-hmm. Because Steven Gerrard, this guy who is Mister Liverpool, mm-hmm. certainly in our lifetime, was very much the heartbeat of that. You know, we talked about all the all, you know all the brilliant players Liverpool had at their disposal. It was all about him, though, mm. especially after that. Um, you know, that team talk there, and so. I don't think Mourinho had to work that hard mm-hmm. to convince Chelsea players that this is what Liverpool were thinking. Yeah, because I think everyone had basically bought into it. Yeah, they had. The only the only sort of slight little concern people had is I think Jordan Henderson was sent off at the end of the Man City game, yeah. and yeah. he missed this game. Um, so that was the only thing. But really, again, it was all kind of one way traffic, and that's the way it's going to go. But uh, Mourinho, as you say. I mean, this is almost as good as a league title win for him to disrupt it. And, and Mark Schwarzer... I mean, they were, they were only a little horse. They were just a tiny horse, yeah. The next season, they would become a bigger horse and they would win the league. Um, Mark Schwarzer said about the tactics that day, I remember for the very first goal kick, Jose had instructions for me and Branislav Ivanovic. He said, you go to the ball and Branislav, you go as far as you can to the touchline. Mark, set it up as if you're going to play it out at the back. Then Branner, you put your hand up and say you'll take it. Be as far away as you possibly can and then casually walk over to take it from the very first goal kick. These, you know, time-wasting instructions and all the rest of it. He absolutely loves deploying these things. Former Chelsea players, you know, Terry said one during, I think it was during the World Cup, you know, all the little tiny things that Mourinho can do to get advantages. He absolutely loves it. You know, one of his last instructions apparently was, lads, I want at least two bookings for time wasting before <laughs> half time. I mean, it's extraordinary yeah. stuff. But this is what we know of the man, Andy. You know, he absolutely loves deploying the dark arts. This is the most profoundly obvious example of it as well, yeah. isn't it? We've, we know Mourinho does these things, but it's, it's often a little bit more subtle than this but th- this was absolutely everything is fully on display for once but don't you think this is the difference between f- first time at Chelsea Mourinho and second time at Chelsea Mourinho in that the, the Real Madrid experience changes him we know that and you know you talked about it sartorially Bish about mm. how differently he presents on the touchline because he's a bit washed out by it but if you think of 
the, the cynical side of him is cultivated in Madrid, not just because of the political environment and the way that Spanish football works in that way, but because he's had to compete for a number of years and he's at Real Madrid for longer than he thinks he will be with arguably the greatest club side of all time in yeah. Barcelona. So they have to try everything, mm, mm. everything. Nothing, nothing is too small, a yeah. marginal gain. And you see a little bit of that here, I think. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. So, in added time of the first half, Mamadou Sakho plays a slow pass across to Gerard, who is just inside his own half, and he's dropped deep, to, you know, in between the two centre halves. Miscontrols the ball, and in his attempt to get it back, he slips, and Demba bars on it like a flash. And it's quite rare for Chelsea to have a player in the Liverpool half by this point. You know? <laughs> it's just incredible. But he, he's on it, bang, runs clean through on goal and slots it under uh, Mignolet with ease. I mean, it's brilliant forward play from Demba Bar, like his proper shark, you know, seeing a drop of blood and chum, is, yeah, is, is in it there. Is. And he's got a lot of work to do. And when it happens, I just remember going, oh, oh you know, like 
again, I'm a neutral watching it. I did want Liverpool to win the league um, that year because of, of the way they were playing. And it was like, ah, oh, it, it, it's like, it was, it was so theatrical. Yeah. Well, it's almost Shakespearean, yeah. isn't yeah. it? The way he, the, the, you, it's, remember it hit in my mind. Like, he slipped. Yeah. S- slip. Yeah. This doesn't slip. Oh yeah. my, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you knew the ramification right on half time. And the way it was going, you think, well, they've got another half, but oh, I don't know. The way and this the, game's going. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and actually a win is what they're after. A draw wouldn't have been like a huge, but it, it's a win. They, 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 they need the win. And, but, 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 and I mean, we, what were your thoughts when it happened, Andy? Well, we always talk about timings of goals. And, you know, it's, it's most difficult to concede a goal just before half time, et cetera, et cetera. One thing we never really dwell on that much is the manner of a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so incredibly difficult to recover yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, not only is it a mistake mm. that leads to a goal, it's a mistake by your totemic player yeah. that leads to a And a really a, embarrassing a one as well. That's the, yeah, it's I agree. The, the sort of thing that you know, like a non-professional footballer could have controlled that ball. It was the most routine mm. thing you possibly have. Gerard later said he was he was too concentrated on Denver Bar, funnily enough. Mm. So he was thinking too far ahead and, yeah. and his control let him down. It's one of those um, things, a bit like, you know when we talk about the carriers mistakes in the final, if we're winding forward a little yeah. bit with, with, with Liverpool. Um, well, obviously, we, we know about his concussion and ev- everything. But the, the first one, okay, it's a mistake. The second one, where he lets that bail shot through his hands... Mm-hmm. You can see what he's trying to do because yeah. Liverpool are a goal down at that point. He's already thinking about where he's going to throw it. Yeah. So he's not really concentrating on the shot and that's why it slips through his fingers. And that's similar to what happens mm-hmm. here with Gerrard, isn't it? Yeah. And actually the photos of it remind me a little bit of the, that really iconic picture of Zidane walking down the tunnel yeah. with the, the World Cup in the foreground. Uh, a lot, a bit more calamitous than that. But the, when Gerrard's, those pictures of Gerrard just out of reach of the ball, it, it might as well be the Premier League title. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's also something to be said for just the, I suppose, almost the kind of the physical theatrics of the fall itself, because, you know, just a riff of of Jim's point there, the way he he claws at the ground, Mm. honestly, it's like Mufasa in Lion King. Yeah, yeah. He's just clawing it air. Yeah. And he he can't get up. And there's that, um, so, you know, there's there's a great... um, you know, a thing that happens in the NBA every week, whereby when someone gets crossed over, you know, it's an incredible bit of skill. But the real what what lifts the skill to a certain level is the drama of the guy defending you falling and his hand touching the ground mm-hmm. because it's you're, okay, it's, like, you're, it's like you're tapping out in wrestling, isn't it? Ex- yeah. Exactly that, yeah. And when Gerard, honestly, like watch it back because it, it's it's yeah. really quite tragic. Yeah, he he when he starts finding his feet again. He crawls. Yeah. He crawls three or four steps just out of desperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When perhaps in another situation mm. he's like, shit, right, and, and yeah. jumps up cleanly. Yeah. But he's reaching. He mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know, literally and figuratively, he's reaching. I mean, yeah. I mean what was interesting is Gerard immediately when he picked the ball out of the net and ran back to the halfway line. Yeah. Again, this sense of urgency, which Mourinho massively played into. But that sense of urgency early on in the game turns to complete panic. After that goal, well, and, even in that moment, it was panic. Yeah. this was the third minute of of, yeah. of added time in the first. But half. there was no, the game management again. It was like let's go out and do it, and if we're not doing it, it's like. And that was the thing with this side, you know, they were just 
They didn't maybe didn't have the wisdom or whatever to, to try and, and get themselves out of this situation. Well, plan A has been working so well. Yeah. Why would you have a plan B, I Indeed. suppose? The, the, the interesting thing about this, I think, is if you look at the second half of this, I just remember Steven Gerrard having mm-hmm. loads and loads of shots. It was a little bit like Cristiano Ronaldo in the 2009 Champions League yep. final, where he just... You know, great players sometimes have an overdeveloped sense of responsibility. Yeah. And he thinks, I've got to fix this. Yeah. It can't be anyone else. It has to be me. I have to That was to definitely fix the this. case. Eight shots from an average of 27 yards out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that's a sense amazing. of desperation I mean, it, to it for yeah. a good reason. I mean, that that's basically, you know, before a five-star kickabout numbers, isn't it? When everyone's just <laughs> taking know, pot shots. And the, the stats of, of, I know Gerard was very good at long-range efforts, but, you know, the the, um, the expected goals, if you like, from shooting from 27 yards, not going to be hard. Yeah, the, the, the Olympiacos goal in the Champions League is amazing because it doesn't happen every day of the yeah, week. Exactly, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. The other, the other thing I will say is Gerard makes that mistake and goes in the dressing room. And I know we haven't really heard from many people in that dressing room, or certainly about what happened at half-time. But if that happens to Joe Allen or mm, yeah. or Lucas Levy in, the, in midfield, the first thing Gerard would do when he goes into that dressing room is take them, not even take them to one side, just go up to them, arm around the shoulder, and be like, "Forget it." But yep. he's the leader, so who says it to him? Exactly. Well, Brendan Rodgers right. said, yeah. didn't he, famously that um, you know your captain has dug you out of so many different situations, this dug this club out of so many difficult situations. It's time for you to do that for him. Even that, it, but even that, even that phrasing yeah. doesn't sit with me. Mm. I'm, I'm not. Mean, that was a paraphrase, it, to be fair. Oh, no, but no, it's no, still, yeah, okay, it's right. still. There's a mistake to rectify. Exactly. Yeah. It's not right. That's gone. Don't yeah. worry about that. We need to win the game, uh, and, and and instead of one goal potentially being enough, we need to get at least two. Yeah. You know, and I, I know what you mean. Um, Look, I know he said slip before, <laughs> and he has slipped. <laughs> yeah. Don't but let that get in your head. Don't think about yeah. that. Kevin Keegan said, why can't you be more like Frank Lampard? And <laughs> um, but in the 94th minute, of course, of the game, we'll fast forward uh, after Liverpool. Have, well, Gerrard himself has had loads of shots. They're getting nowhere. Mm. Chelsea have got everybody behind the ball. Again, they are over the moon to win, to have yeah. a one-goal advantage here. They are really happy about that. They would have settled for nil-nil before the game. You would have thought by the way they'd set up. They're one-nil up. They cannot believe their luck. So in the 94th minute, Willian and Fernando Torres left entirely free to bear down on Mignolet's goal. Torres slips the ball to Willian, who rolls it in the empty net. And what Mourinho does, that that kind of ah type celebration... Yeah. You know, beating his chest. It wasn't a, oh, isn't this great? It's, ha, 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 you lot aren't getting what you want me today. <laughs> yes. And also, I mean, it is. it's surprisingly small within this narrative that it's Fernando Torres yes. who squares the Willian. Like, the, the, essentially, they're one of their former talismans, yeah. really. Obviously, Suarez stepped up and was even better, really, you, you might argue. But mm. Torres was a huge, huge figure. It was a, it was very difficult for them to, to lose him to uh, Chelsea in, in some quarters. It was. And the other thing you think... Like after what happened in the semi-final of the Champions League in 2012, how he led them out of that Barcelona siege to mm. seal the deal. I mean, really, if they're going to do a remake of Die Hard, you probably want <laughs> Fernando Torres doing the Bruce Willis role, don't yeah. you? Also, um, has a striker ever looked more grateful for teammate alongside him <laughs> yeah. with the one-on-ones yeah. I don't want he to looks, he, he, all the way when, no. he's, when he's running through you're like he's looking to square it he's yeah. looking to square it he's yeah. so grateful that William. well he's, he's unconfident of course is at Liverpool yeah. whereas when he gets the chance at the new Camp Mignolet is really interesting in that because after Torres squares it he just stops Yeah, uh, he, he, he probably wouldn't get there Yeah, but he, he doesn't even try yeah. also quietly should have done much better for the first goal Mignolet yeah without doubt 
Really? Yeah, appalling. I, I, I think it's appalling goalkeeping. All right. He comes out and yet he manages to slip it under him. Doesn't make any sense. Well, okay. Well, um, Mourinho uh, walked down the tunnel at full time and could be heard shouting, they wanted the clowns, they wanted the clowns. <laughs> Imagine hearing that without a context. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> Football manager walking up. Well, when asked about uh, Chelsea's tactics, Mourinho said, time wasting, what's that? I mean, just the whole, <laughs> you know, like... It, uh, again... This was his last big hit, really, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time wasting. What's that? Yeah. What trillion dollar bill? On the young uh, Thomas Callas's performance, he simply said, "Beautiful, beautiful." This kid, Liverpool, Anfield, just beautiful. <laughs> I mean, again, like uh, he's not even listening uh, to the question, yeah. is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're asking you about Mark Schwarzer. Um Yeah, Rogers um, couldn't resist having a little dig at Mourinho's tactics. He said, "I don't think it's a tactic to have players behind the ball. Anyone can do that." And said there were probably two buses parked today instead of one. Now, of course, uh, park the bus is uh, an expression we now know very much in, um, in, in in English football, but it came from Mourinho initially. Yeah, Mourinho brought it to the table in his, his, his first spell in Chelsea, and it's, it's interesting. So, what did, so he said it because it was a Portuguese expression. Yes. And, in, and when Chelsea played Spurs on a particular occasion, he said, well, th- their tactics were to sort of park the bus, as we would say in Portugal. So Rodgers is kind of harking back to that but mm. it's what Mourinho does so it's mm. kind of like a secret tribute to him no I don't really, think is it, it is I think it's such a sign that Mourinho's in his head that he's kind of responding in kind he drags you down <laughs> oh, to yeah, your no, level yeah. not, not, not yeah. a deliberate tribute yeah, I see. at all but yeah. that part of the bus thing became a bit of a stick to beat Mourinho with as as time went on I think was it Manchester City when they went to Old Trafford when they beat Manchester United and all the City yeah. players were jumping up Everybody and down going, park against... the bus, park the bus. And yeah. Mourinho was unhappy with that, of course, because, mm. you know, how could anybody say they were time-wasting in this game? You know, mm. why on earth are you levelling leveling that at me? It, it was said that one of the good things about Rodgers up to that point was that he created this feeling of like a fairy tale yeah. within Liverpool and their, yeah. and their title charge. And I think the sense of Gerrard trying to do too much on his own mm. very much plays into that because you're looking at the headlines, you're thinking about dreams, but fairy tales aren't real, right? And then this, this is... This is where that but just do, massively came unstuck. So, so do you? I mean, we we we've done a guide on on Kevin Keegan's Newcastle, and a little bit different. But do you think that you know they had one plan, and when they got that defeat against Liverpool, Keegan's Newcastle, you saw Keegan, and it was kind of done. I suppose with this, there are slight similarities in that they wanted it so much and, and a lot of the neutrals it shows it shows the title is all nerve Yeah, it, it could be yeah. the situation with Rafa Benitez when you go back before that yeah. you, you know the, the, the this was much that, later in the season I grant you um, with regards to when they really kind of well, to coin that let it slip but yeah yeah absolutely and I, I think that idea that you know you just have to keep your composure mm. and the fact is points wise okay, this isn't the game that lost Liverpool the title. Mm -hmm. But you contextualise it, you look what happened about they weren't able to keep their composure at Palace when Mm. not only, as you said before, Marcus, it's a game they should have won. 3-0 up with 11 minutes to go. 3-0 up with 11 minutes to go. But that is is the moment where even Suarez, who's been uber confident Mm. all season, Mm. that's the bit where he's just, I I can't take this. You know where, he he doesn't just cry, he covers his face. He just wants to hide. openly sobbing. Like you can see, his face is covered, but you can see how much he's sort of like, just really, really bawling his eyes out. And that game in particular, there's a moment in that as well, where Mm. it sort of turns in the same way, a, a huge bit of bad luck 
that turns essentially turns a season when Damien Delaney scores mm. the first goal for Palace with a massive deflection, mm-hmm. massive, massive deflection, and obviously then Chris Dan Ball happens as it became yeah, yeah, known, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it all <laughs> and it is, slips away. But there it is. Uh, but and had they have won that game, you know, they would have increased their chances to go in the last game. And the fact is, Manchester City went on to win all of their remaining fixtures and, and lift their second Premier League title. But it's true. And again, harking back to Newcastle entertainers, you know. As Keegan said, he needs to go to, was it Middlesbrough and get something? Well, the fact is that even if Manchester United had, had a disaster that day, I think Newcastle drew one all at home with Spurs. He didn't even, didn't even do their job on, yeah. on the final day, even though it would have been um, you know, all in vain anyway. So you're right, Andy, the nerve is so crucial in this, as as, as we know. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it definitely affects the way we look at Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. I think, obviously, one Premier League title makes a, a world of difference. But that's it. I think mm. it's the fact that even if you compare it to, say, Ranieri and Leicester in mm-hmm. 2016, the way that people look at Ranieri before that, mm. even in Italy, and the way they look at him after that, the results write the entire narrative. Yeah. They, they write the entire career, really, don't they? Mm. Stephen Gerrard had said that the slip influenced his decision to leave Liverpool. I'm kind of surprised to hear that. I mean, it, it was winding down definitely in terms of uh, what he could do for Liverpool and in the in the league. And I think that he wasn't going to be the nailed-on starter that he had but, been but, for so many years. But don't, don't you think the curious thing with Steven Gerrard, whereas other players, and I'm thinking, say, Alan Shearer, for example, mm. as his physical condition deteriorates, mm-hmm. which is inevitable for any footballer, he changes the way he plays. Yeah. Now, Gerard had all the tools to change the way he played. He played deeper. Yeah, he was such a great passer of the ball. He could have become that quarterback long term. He never wanted to. You look at this game, he still wanted to do it all. And well, yeah. he, ne- he never really grows out of that, mm. which I, I think but is I think, a bit but, of an issue. But, but this game destroyed him, really. I mean, he wrote in his book years later, I hadn't cried for years, but on the way home, I couldn't stop. The tears kept coming. I can't even tell you if the streets were um, thick with traffic or completely empty. As I was on in the inside, it was killing me. I mean, it's, it's hard not to feel the most immense sympathy for him, isn't it? It is. It really is. And you know, uh, you know, a Liverpool legend. It's not always about an English, English football legend. You know, you talk about um, <clears> the, <throat> the, you know, the leaving and how this game affected him. I mean, the very next season, that game against Manchester United at Anfield, where he comes on and he gets sent off within thirty-eight yeah. seconds, yeah, 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 yeah. is another example of him. Well, but perhaps lends itself to that theory that this fast-tracked his yeah. departure from Anfield because it was a sense of like, shit, my time's limited now and every time I come on the field yeah. I've got to be that Stephen Gerrard. But, but that, was, that was the sort of tackle that he might have made when he was a kid in the super no, but, baggy Reebok shirt. True, but he'd made a, a big tackle before, I think, yeah. Matter, I think, like mm, maybe yeah. a few seconds before that. There's a lot you can squeeze into 38 seconds. Yeah. But I, <laughs> the, other thing, the other thing I would Also, say, just to add to that point as well is that I think that his chance of winning a Premier League yeah, yeah. had gone, really. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. The other thing that I, I always find remarkable about the slip is how often it comes up in, in modern football in the form of memes, primarily. Mm. You know, people always... You know, Denver Bar is something and, you know, Gerard is something else. But even recently, you know, when City were charged with their, you know, 115 breaches mm. from the Premier League, do you mm. remember what Pep Guardiola said? I don't know if we are responsible for Stephen Gerrard slipping as well. Oh, that is how he did. You know, that situation at Anfield. I don't want to say that out of respect for Gerrard, but is that our fault? Yeah. Even like, even being thrown out like that by by Guardiola. Because it's such a a bit of Premier League sporting disaster folklore. Exactly. Mm. I mean, you'll you'll take a generation or two for that kind of 
you know, to, 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 to go out the window, really. I mean, you wouldn't meme it, would you? It's not Peep Show. No, no, I, no, I, I think I have actually. Yeah, <laughs> I might go and look. I mean, there is an excellent Gerard gag in Peep Show. Remember the cake? Yes. Anyway, yeah. um, but uh, but uh, chaps, to finish talking about Peep Show on the football ramble, <laughs> chance to be a fine thing. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Fine um, thing indeed. Indeed. Um, did this season sort of? I suppose. Was it funny? Is what you're saying? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United fan would rather Man City than Liverpool. Well, you know, this is the weird thing about the nature of uh, of that stuff in football, though, isn't it? Because I think a lot of neutrals, unless they had a club where Liverpool were a major rival, wanted Liverpool to win the league. Mm, like, so yeah, and I yeah. certainly wanted Liverpool to win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, but those very same people, when something like that happens, it's like it does become funny that they didn't. It's the yeah. sort of the the kind of very very fickle nature of of, of football. Yeah. I've I've never seen my dad, who is a Liverpool fan, more upset at a football game. He couldn't. He took him a while to get over it. Blimey. And it's funny we're talking about the love we had for as neutrals for that Liverpool side and obviously for, for clubs. Uh, Mourinho hates all that neutrals love for Liverpool. Yeah. He hates that there's so many former Liverpool players in the media. He he just he he drives him nuts but yet it is what fuels him Joseph you took it away you'd probably retire wouldn't you like you know what I mean he, he just he goes on and on and on about all this but ah uh, oh my goodness but uh, of course Rogers would last a little bit longer in the job and then Jurgen Klopp would take over and then Liverpool would finally win the Premier League ending 30 years of hurt in 2020 so I think Rogers at Liverpool <clears throat> he, he made Liverpool dream again as you uh, mentioned earlier, Jim, and he really got a proper title push that we, we hadn't really seen for a while. Or certainly hadn't seen, you know, um, maybe once or twice in in, in the, sort of the previous sort of twenty years or, or whatever it was. But I just, you know, to sum it up, I would always say, as I said at the time, when when he walks through the, the city of Liverpool, I hope supporters go, "Here goes Brendan Rodgers." Must remember to thank him. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, everybody, for joining us for another Football Ramble Guide too. Uh, Do remember that there's a whole host of Ramble Guides you can listen back to from throughout the season. And, of course, we want your ideas for what to talk about next. Email us, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble with your suggestions. Thank you, chaps. Thank you, brother Brendy. Thank you, Liverpool. Thank you, Jose. See you soon. is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.